All right, all right. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Wow. Hey. Good morning, everybody. My name is Michael. I'm the, I'm the senior pastor here at St. Andrews, and man, we're excited to have you with us on this Sunday morning. We're, we're in the third week of our 2020 series, kind of catching a vision uh, as we go into this new year, 2020. We're kind of tr- trying to catch a personal vision, right, for our lives and, and what that looks like throughout uh, the course of this year. And um, before we get jumped into today, uh, kids, if you are here, if you have a food offering, drop it off right up here, and you can go out the back with, uh, with Miss Natalie. Forgot to say that earlier. I was all fighting battles and stuff. Uh, so I was like, this is how I fight my battles. Yes. Um, so kids, you can leave through the center aisle. And uh, speaking of kids, if you have a third grader or a fourth grader that has not yet received their third grade Bible, uh, we're going to do that on February 9th. Hello, sweetheart. You're the only one that I love right now. That's it. Look at that sweet kid right there. She's running away. Don't talk about me. Don't talk about me. Don't talk about me. That's a Revlin, right? Wasn't that a little Revlin? Um, yeah, yeah, this gets that from his grandparents, her grandparents. Um, so uh, we, we'd love for you to let Natalie know, because we're going to do the third grade Bible presentation on February 9th, uh, I believe it is. Yes, February 9th at this service, at the 11 o'clock service. This is the service, as you just witnessed, where we have most of our kids, and, uh, and so we are going to do it at, at that time. Um, and Natalie would love, if you have a fourth grader, fifth grader that, didn't, that has never received one, we want to give one to them. Also, so just let her know. It's, you know, primary third, but we, uh, we spray it up into the upper echelons if you haven't yet received one. It's always a fun Sunday, and we're looking forward to that. Um, and then uh, mark your calendars for March 29th. Um, everybody say March 29th. March 29th is uh, the Sunday before Palm Sunday, which is known as, actually just March 29th. Um, and there's, there's no religious holiday there. Uh, it's Big Serve Sunday. Um, and so Big Surf Sunday is coming back, and if you weren't here for Big Surf Sunday, what we do is we don't have church that day. We don't have church in the sense of you come in and you sit and we sing songs and, and you hear from me or Troy. Uh, what we're going to do on that Sunday is we're going to spread out throughout uh, town. Uh, we're we're lo- hooking up with some different organizations, um, and we're going to go out and we're going to serve. We're going to be the hands and feet of Christ. There's going to be some opportunities to do stuff around here on campus, but also some opportunities to go off campus. There will be a whole lot more information to come about that um, in the coming weeks, but I wanted to get it on your calendar right now because it, um, it is such a fun Sunday. How many of you participated in Big Surf Sunday last year? Really? Because there's a whole lot more people that did. Um, so that's all. Well, maybe they were at the first service. Uh, I spent all day in an attic on Fellowship Hall, uh, in Fellowship Hall, and, and I couldn't breathe for the rest of the week. It was nasty. Uh, but it was fun, uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus. So we have more information coming about that. But today we're, uh, we're rolling right in, right through uh, the, the, the 2020 series. And what we've been talking about is, as you begin this year, it's always right and an appropriate thing to take stock of where you are and, and where you want to be and maybe where God wants you to be. And, and so we started out two weeks ago with, where's your focus, right? As we're seeing 2020 and, and, and you know, those of you who have perfect vision, great for you. Um, and, you know, as you see 2020, you, you focus on stuff. And, and what are you focused on? And, and if your focus isn't on Jesus, if your focus for this year isn't on him and his plan for your life, then you've already gotten off track, right? I mean, you've already broken those resolutions. You've already failed at something because he is the primary focus that we should be focused on. And, and he'll be the one who takes us down that path that, that gives us that abundant life. And, and, and then last week we talked about what your wake is, right? Everybody has an opportunity through what we do, how we serve, through the r- r- relationships that we have, 
to leave a mark, to leave a wake behind us like a boat does. And, and so we all have this opportunity. And, and maybe, so what's your vision for that, for this year? Are you serving in the ways that, that God wants you to serve? Are you stepping into those places that he longs for you to be? And are, are you creating a wake for the kingdom of heaven? And then today we take it to, um, to your tribe. Now tribe, for, for those of you who are millennials, will know exactly what I'm talking about because it's a hipster kind of word that's used a lot. For old people, what I mean is family. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what we used to call family, and now they call tribe, right? But, but see, here's the, here's the reason why there's kind of a delineation in, in, in today's sermon title is seeing beyond your tribe. And, and what we need to do is we need to focus on, on our families, and, and, but, but some of us don't have families, right? I mean, some of us just, we just don't where we are. Some of us have families that we wish we didn't have. Um, we have families that, no, we don't talk about them ever, um, you're, you're a part of that family? Nope, never heard of them before. Um, you know, and so we have those, some of you are laughing really hard right now because you're like, that's my family, right? Um, and, and so we have those experiences. And so people, a lot of times when, when pastors do series on marriages or families, we, we leave people out. We don't mean to, um, but so I didn't want to do that. And, and what God was taking me down was it's family is, because let's, let's be honest, Jesus, when he's asked about his family, do you remember what he says? Right, he, he's doing this big teaching and, and the people come up to him, and he's like on a roll. And someone's like, hey, man, your mom and brothers are outside. And I, I just picture Jesus. He's like, and then this guy's going to walk across. Dude, what do you mean my mom and brother? That's not my family. This is my family. Right, Jesus, he wasn't, he wasn't disavowing Mary and, and his brother James and Jude. You know, he, wasn't, he wasn't casting them aside. What he was saying is family means a whole lot more than we think it does. But the, the word family is a loaded word because it brings with it history and it brings with it hurt and it brings with it you know just questions and, and sometimes pain and, and, and sadness and because families are just they're families but a lot of times what, the reason that is is because the the dysfunctional family that exists and let me tell can I tell everybody there ain't a single family that isn't dysfunctional right can we get an amen to that like look at your neighbor and say your family's dysfunctional right and then turn to your other neighbor and say hey you should see this guy over here Right? I mean, everybody has a dysfunctional family in some regard, right? Like, I have this strong belief that everybody has special needs. You know, some are just more pronounced than others. Can I get an amen from that, right? Some of you are like, yes, you have a special need. I know. Um, you know, and so we all have dysfunctional families. We all have families that kind of hurt us at times. But, but what we do a lot of times is when we put this great importance on families, and, and Christians do this a lot, like focus on the family. I don't know if you've heard of that. But, but focus on the family, focus on the family, focus on the family, turn inward, turn inward, turn inward. And that's not what family is. That's not what tribes are. That's not what they should be, and that's not why they were created. And, and that's not God's purpose and plan for them. See, in the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, when, when God's going through this creative side of his, and he creates male and female in his image, it says, right? He says he creates them in his image. And then what does he do? He gives them a purpose. And their purpose, he creates this first family and says, all right, your job now is, is to govern the earth and everything that exists. You're, you have a job. Your purpose is to take care of everything that I've created. From the very beginning, the family was not meant for itself, but it was meant for everything else. But see, we, we, we've turned that. And what we do is we're like family and we, and we huddle up and we build these silos and we must protect our family and we build walls to keep everybody out. In fact, remember um, the Spurs used to have that, we're family, 
deal. I think every sports team has gone through this iteration at some point. Like, we're family. We're family. No, we're not. Like, I can't call DeRozan up on the phone and go, hey, brother, you want to come get lunch? Like, no, we're not family. Like, I can call my brother Scott. I can't call him. That's a total, we're not really family in that regard, right? None of those, they don't care about us, which some of you are like, well, that's my family, right? But, but see, what it is, is, is this, when the sports teams do this, and some of you Spurs fans are being really hurt by this. I still love the Spurs, just not this season, right? Um, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, no, no, we're family. Come join us, all 20,000 of you. That's our family. Come join us. Come fill the seats and, and believe that you're a part of this team, and, and we're going to shout and cheer, and it's all for them. It's all for them, that one sports team. Right? It's this family that is turned inwardly focused and only focuses on itself. And when families do that, when tribes do that, because tri- what is a tribe and the difference between a tribe and a family? I'm interchanging these words some. A, a tribe is what Jesus was talking about. A tribe is people who don't be- belong together bloodline-wise, but they're family. You know what I'm talking about? It's the people you hang out with, the people you do life with, the people that you care about. And sometimes that isn't your blood relatives. Sometimes it's these people that God has put together with you and you form this tribe and that's your unit and you go through the world together and you're focused on something and you take down mountains together. That's your tribe. And, and, and so what, what, what this, this, we are family stuff and we focus on it. When we turn inward, we miss the purpose that God has put in our life to be a tribe or a family. We miss the reason that God created family to begin with. Not to take care of itself, but to take care of everyone else. See, that was God's purpose from Genesis chapter 1. A generation after God gives this promise to Abraham. Remember, God was with Abraham. He's like, hey, from you, all the nations will be blessed. From you, there are going to be so many descendants. All the nations will be blessed. He gives him this outward focus promise. He gives him this focus like from your tribe, everything is going to come. The kingdom of God will move. A generation after this, you have Isaac and you have Rebecca, right? And you have these, these people that, that, that can't have babies. And then all of a sudden, she finally has these kids and she has these twins, right? Remember the story of Esau and, and Jacob. And Jacob is this little sinister kind of dude who comes out and he's holding the heel of Esau from the very beginning. And, and Esau is this ugly dude, right? I mean, it's it kind of says it in scripture. I mean, he's all hairy and, and redheaded. So I know. I'm sorry, redheads. This is two weeks in a row I've been hitting on you. But, but, it, but, it, but it says this. He's got this curly, ugly red hair, and he's like hairy all over his body. And, and Jacob is this beautiful person, you know, it kind of alludes to. And like, you know, kind of like me, right? You know, he's kind of like cuddly in a sweet way. And, uh, and, and so you have these things that, and so as they grow up, Esau is actually technically the firstborn. And when Isaac is older, he's, he's kind of lost his vision and it's time for him to pass his blessing on to his firstborn. And, and, and so he brings his son Esau in and he's going, hey, I'm gonna give you my blessing. And, and, and with that comes a lot of stuff in, in that, that culture at that time. And, and, and he goes, so I want you to do this. Go out into the wilderness, go kill something, bring it back, prepare this meal and I'm gonna give you my blessing. And all this stuff, he's going through these motions and, but Rebecca overhears, you remember the story, this is Genesis 27. She overhears what's happening and, 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 and she goes to Jacob because Jacob's her favorite. Jacob's the one she loves more because, you know, he ain't ugly, right? And so she, she brings him in and, 
and she says, Jacob, this is what's going to happen. Your father's going to give the blessing to Esau, but I want you to have it, and so I need you to go do these things. And she tells him how to manipulate her, his dad. And so Jacob ends up getting the blessing instead of Esau. See, Rebecca and Jacob were inwardly focused. A generation after God gives this promise to them that is outwardly focused, they turn on themselves and say, it's all about us. I want what I want. See, when families do that, that's when dysfunction happens. Because what happens? Jacob has to flee. He's got to run. And he's got to be treated badly to learn his lesson by his uncle, cousin, father-in-law. It's a weird incestuous deal. And so when the family turned in on itself, they lost sight of who they were supposed to be. Just a generation after God says, no, no, no. And then he says it to Isaac, no, no. And then he'll eventually give the promise to Jacob when Jacob realizes things and becomes Israel. From you will come many nations. From you, as you focus outward, as you remember who you are. See, families as we and tribes, as we kind of grow together and we come together, we got to remember that, that. That our tribe, that our family is a blessing from God, no doubt. But that blessing is supposed to be used in a certain way. Psalm 127 says this. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward. <laughs> Sometimes, right? They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accuser at the city gates. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You, ha you have this, the, the psalmist is writing, he's like, look, children, family is, is a gift from God. Tribe is a gift from God. And we talk about it, and that, and that scripture there is, is pretty well known, it's pretty familiar, like children are the arrows in, in the quiver of a warrior, right? A full quiver of arrows, and, and you have this great gift and stuff. H have you ever, if you see an archer go into battle, and he's got a full quiver of arrows. And he comes out of that battle, and he still has a full quiver of arrows. What would you say about that archer? He's a failed archer. He didn't do his job. The archer's job is to go in, to take the arrows, shoot the arrows. The arrows are not meant to stay in the quiver. A family who sees their children as this blessing of arrows needs to understand that one day those arrows need to be shot out of the family. Because the family shouldn't be looking in on themselves. Because the family's whole job, according to God, is to take care of the kingdom. See, see the family, we need to go, we got to focus on, okay, so how are we raising our family? How are we raising our tribe? What are we pouring into our kids so that one day when we release them, they go straight and true and do the work of the kingdom of God? How is your family focused on kingdom work rather than just surviving as a family. Stephen Covey, who's an author, and I'm sure many of you know the different books, he's been very successful about his stuff. He says this about families. He says, a family that doesn't have a mission statement, a plan, will fail. Be because he, said, he likens it to like a flight. He goes, every airline that has a flight has a flight plan. And every one of them will at some point get off of that flight plan during their flight. But they know where their destination is. And they know how to correct and get back on to that plan. 
He says a family without a mission, a family without a purpose, a family without an identity of of who they're supposed to be is going to get off track. Every family does. But if they don't have that destination, they'll never come back to the right path. And so what are we doing as families, as tribes, to have that destination? What are we doing to turn ourselves from being inwardly focused to being the way that God intended us to be? for the kingdom. How are we functioning? And, and look, this service, there's a lot of young families in here. There's a lot of like young families in the traditional sense with little kids. And, and there's a lot of tribes in here. And there's a lot of people who gather together. And, and I'd ask you this question. Do you know why you are? Do you know what the purpose is for your family? Do you know in 2020, You have your focus on Jesus. You have your idea of what the wake you can leave behind you is. But what about your family? Why do you exist? What is it that you, your family, your tribe can bring to the kingdom of God that no one else can? How is it that you can function? My family and I, we we do a couple of things to remind ourselves that it's not about us. We do a couple of things to to try to build into ourselves this idea that God has created our family unit. And so one of the things that we do, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, not really, but Monday through Friday, almost every day, is we read a devotional together in the morning. We, We sit down as a family, Grace will be at her breakfast table, Corb will be at the island, I'll be standing, Jenna will be sitting, I don't know, doing something motherly. Yeah, cooking, cleaning, that kind of stuff. Just kidding. Please submit your letters to tdunn at saumc.com. And so what we do is we sit and we take time to read a devotion. And, and we just read, it's a short deal, man. It, I mean, it's a short, we don't go into like, okay, the Hebrew here is ha. <laughs> We're not doing that. We're, we just read a short devotion and then, and then we may talk about it, but then we pray. And some mornings it looks like, because Corbin gets a ride two days a week, and, and they're out there, and, and like we're praying, and I'm praying him out the door, and God be with Corbin today! Click, he shuts the door. Right? And it, sometimes it's a little crazy, and it's a little hurried and harried, but, but we have that moment where we focus and say, what's, what's bigger that brings us together is bigger than anything this world will throw at us today. And we focus on those things. And look, We make a point to come to church. I know what you're thinking. It's your job. I get that. But it's not theirs. In fact, being a pastor's kid and being a pastor's wife are very hard things to be. There's a lot of expectations put on them. There's a lot of emotions that people feel about me or against me that are then put onto them. There are things that I say when when I hurt someone's feelings and they treat Jenna badly because they're mad at me. It's a, it's a hard place to be in a lot of times. And, and being a pastor's kid, I can't imagine what it's like. Because you know what they say about PKs. They're either crazy as the day is long or they're holier than thou, right? And we want them to be right in the middle. A little bit crazy, a little bit holy. <laughs> and so I don't want Corbin to feel like he has to be up here all the time. Or Grace. Grace loves being up here. Right, Cor- Corbin's sometimes like, oh, I don't want to go. All right, man, stay home but we're gonna worship somehow because worship is a part of who our family should be. 
Worship is a part of, of what God designed and how families are to work. He set up all these, all these systems to, to bring people together to worship. And so we need to worship. You need to worship as a family together. You need to pray as a family together. You need to be in the word as a family or a tribe together. Whatever it is that you have around you right now, you need to be invested in your relationship with God together so that you can then see where God wants you to go. This year, how many families have a mission statement in their family? You're all failures. Every single one of you. The 9 o'clock had some. Um, we don't have, yeah, some of you are like, I have one. It's right here in my car. It's 3 by 5 printed card laminated. Uh, we all carry them around. You, you know, we don't have a mission statement, but we have a word that guides us this year. And we sat together as, um, it was a word that God gave me for our family um, right before the, the end of the year. And he's like, this is who y'all are going to be this year in 2020. This is who I want you to be. And, and so I, I gathered our, our, the kids and Jenna around. Um, it was, I think, during our morning devotional time or something. And I, and I was like, hey, God gave me this word, and this is who, who we need to be this year. And the word's generous. And, and, I, said, and, and I said, well, what does that look like? And, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. You know, yeah, sure, it's generous financially, but it's generous with our time. It's generous in how we speak to other people and how we treat people. It's generous in, in, in where we go and our availability. And it's, and it's generous with one another and how we treat one another. And, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. And, and we haven't come back to it because we're just kind of sitting with it. And, and I want to come back because, that, okay, so that's, that's where we are. And if we get to March and I'm like, hey, let's check in. Are we being generous people? Are we generous with our time? Are we generous with our resources? Are we generous with our relationships? Are we being generous and reaching out to people that don't have anybody else? Are, are we just living intentionally a generous life? We have, we have that destination in mind. And yeah, we're going to get off track. But we have that center focus. I, I, um, yesterday, or Friday, I went um, to La Taqueria Vallarta on Broadway. Um, if y'all don't know that place, it's the old Whataburger. You know, the, the old Triangle Whataburger right there across from Valero. And it's yummy like I mean look at me like I know food right I mean it's good um and so I went there Friday morning um Jenna was uh helping Corbin out at school or something like that and they were gone and um and it's my day off but um I got a call from the district superintendent he needed me to do something I'm like oh man well I'm gonna go get tacos um so I go, I go up to this taqueria of Ayerta place and I go through the drive-thru and um and I and I order uh, a couple of tacos and a large coffee and I, and I go and and I have those. Y'all, y'all remember um, the, um, a little something extra to show you God loves you cards that we handed out? Great. I'm glad y'all retain things. Um, so there are these, you know, these little cards, business cards. It says a little something to show you God loves you on one side. The other side it says, and so do we. And it just has our website on there. And, and we encourage you to take them. And, and we still have some printed. If you want them, I'll give you some more. Um, and, and I hadn't used one and since we did that series. And, and so I, I had two sitting in my truck still. And I'm like, huh, I need to, you know what, I'm going to pay. If somebody comes behind me in the drive-thru line, I'm going to pay for theirs. You know, it's Taqueria Vallarta, how much can it be? You know, eight bucks, sweet. Um, so I'm like, all right, great, I'm going to pay for that. And then I had two cards. And, and so, so I'm sitting there and nobody's behind me. And, and I'm like, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to wait. You know, somebody will come. The drive-thru line is taking especially long. Um, they usually move people through a little bit more quickly. But it's, I don't know what the person three cars ahead of me got, but holy cow. Um, they were like getting lobster or something. They had to fly it in. It was taking a while, is what I'm saying. So finally a car comes behind me. And I'm like, oh, man. And, and it's a drive through where you can kind of see them come. And I'm like, oh, great. I have somebody to pay for. This is, oh, I, I kind of got happy. 
And then I saw her, and it was a hot girl, like good looking. And I'm like, oh man, I don't want her to think I'm painful. Like some creepy fat guy in front of her is like, oh, hey, give her my number too, right? And I'm like all in my head about it. And so then I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. I, I, I just like, I can't do it. I can't, I'm not, I don't have that kind of game anymore. All right, and so I'm like, I can't. And so I, I, I sit there, and God's like, stop being an idiot. Yeah, just do it. And, and at the time, I was listening to the 21 days of prayer and fasting um, from Church of the Highlands, right? So I have that going on uh, on my cell phone. And, and i like, oh, man, all right, okay, okay, I'm going to pay for her. Um, I have two cards. I'm going to pay for the next, next person, too. God, please send a second person. So it's, not, so it's not awkward, right? And so thankfully, another car comes. I'm like, awesome. It was a, some truck or something. And then another car came. And I'm like, I only got two cards, man. Um, so it, it, third guy's out. So I get, I get to my deal, and she goes, yeah, two coffee, or large coffee, two tacos, $5. I'm like, awesome. I said, hey, I want to pay for the next two cars. And she goes, really? I was like, yeah. Okay. And she holds up this ticket. And if you ever go to Taqueria Vallarta, they write everything in Spanish, right? And they don't put any numbers by it. And she holds it up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> See. Um, and, and so she, she's like, okay. And so she goes, wait, I got to go get the other ticket. And so she leaves and she comes back. And in my, in my wallet, I had two 100, crisp $100 bills. I had received them from a funeral. And I'm like, sweet. I pulled out one of the $100 bills. I'm like, this is perfect. This is what I can pay with. And, um, and she comes back and she starts typing in the register. And at one point I'm like, are you typing a letter to someone? <laughs> and she's like, no. And she turns to me and she goes, $77.62. Like, I know the girl behind me doesn't eat carbs. So I'm like... What is happening? But I, I was already in my head, so I'm like, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. If it's over $100, that's fine, God. I have $100 right here. And I'm gonna, she goes, 77 And I went, awesome. And I handed her the $100 bill. And she's, and she's like staring at me. Wow. And she takes it, and she gives me my change back. And I'm like, thanks so much. She goes, God bless you. And I said, hey, thanks. And I said, and I handed her these cards. I was like, hey, would you just hand the next two cars these cards? Um, I said, and that's it, thanks. And she looks at him, and she looks back at me, and I drive away. I got to tell you, I was so happy. I had to come in here on my day off to do some work. I didn't care. I was so happy. It was so fun to do that, right? It was just, man, that's generous. It didn't really cost me anything because that was free money. Funeral money is free money. It's not real money. She didn't even check it to see if it was real. And it was just one of those things where I just got to be, I don't know what those people thought, especially the one who bought $60 worth of tacos. <laughs> but I bet, and it, I think it was the girl, pretty sure, because that was the first ticket. I bet she went into her work and delivered those tacos and said, you'll never believe what happened. God loves us. If you just plan and you think,